The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Welcome to Mind Body Pause with Charlie Kale, holistic living for you and your animals. You found your happy place to nurture your connection to animals with enlightening information from the innovators who make their world a better place. This is Mind Body Pause on Empower Radio. Now, here's your host, fellow animal lover, Charlie Kale. Welcome to Mind Body Pause, holistic living for you and your animals. Thank you for being here. Welcome to show number 57, Compassionate Wisdom, with returning guest, Jenny Jablonski. We're still talking about self-awareness, self-authority, being responsible when our intent is to actually help and heal others. But we need to heal our own stuff when we want to heal animals. And we'll dive deeper into Jenny's own style of healing. I'm Charlie Kale. A- passionate dog and cat mom, broadcaster, and Reiki master and practitioner in San Francisco at Energy Healing for People and Paws. I get to help people and animals de-stress and relief, release grief and pain. I work with clients all over the world over Zoom or FaceTime because energy transcends space and time. Find out more at charliekale.com. That's C-H-A-R-L-Y-K-A-Y-L-E.com. I've had the best time in my level one animal communications class at Communication with All Life University with Joan Renquet. In 12 weeks, I still just scratched the surface. Level two starts up soon, and I am really excited to get back into the community of like-minded, supportive people. I mean, we were the dorks growing up who are now all bonded by our love for animals. Actually... (laughs) I shouldn't say any of them were dorks. I just always felt like I was a dork and that it's just wonderful to have a place where now I know I belong. Find out more at joanranquette.com. That's J-O-A-N-R-A-N-Q-U-E-T.com. This is your safe place to honor animals where we'll nurture our connection to them mentally, emotionally, physically, and energetically. My guest is returning animal communicator, equine medicine facilitator, inspirational speaker, and opioid crisis advocate. She wasn't always all that. She had been a highly sought after international private security agent. Well, actually, she was all that. Um, But then she was shocked to find out she could telepathically communicate with animals after she had a near-death experience. That launched her into a deep and profound journey of spiritual education and physical healing, where she overcame abuse, PTSD, and the effects of Lyme disease, among other things. She now focuses on sharing the tools she used to overcome the debilitating effects of trauma for both people and animals. Welcome back for the fifth time from Prescott, Arizona, Ginny Jablonski. Thank you, Charlie. I'm so excited to be here again. I know. You feel like I keep rolling down the carpet for the prices, right? Come on down. <laughs> Come on back. Well, it's just, there's so much fascinating information to pick your brain about. And we keep getting deeper and the conversation keeps getting more interesting. And we were talking about how we have to work on our own stuff first. And we always need the animal's permission before we turn to try to help them in our own way. You know, we want desperately to help, but we can't force it on them, just like we can't force it on our other people. And we can't force ourselves. We all have to be ready. So you have something that you call, or a way of healing that you call compassionate wisdom. 
Um, yes. Can you explain? A absolutely. Now, this is not my term. My understanding is uh, that this terminology came from a colleague of mine. Uh, his name is G.W. Hardin. He's a New York Times bestselling author, um, many times over, mathematician, quantum physicist, um, expert. He is has been doing research on uh, geometry and sound and is accredited with discovering the solfeggio matrix, the solfeggio tones matrix, and he open sourced all of that information and gifted it to the world. And he and I teach classes together and do workshops together. And we just did one on uh, time space versus space time and compassionate wisdom. According uh, to his time. definition of compassionate wisdom, uh, the way that I was taught and guided by my soul since my near-death experience falls very much in a line with his definition of compassionate wisdom. And that is that, that all healing, all teaching, all learning is just that. Um, that when we work with others, the primary purpose is to empower the other, to provide them with tools, to provide them with learning and growth experiences, to encourage them to heal so that they can seek answers from within. And obviously, we both came to that same conclusion through our work with humans, but I apply it to the animals to very great effect. Oh, wow. So, and you mentioned something about time-space versus space-time. Yes, now I am not a scientist, so I am not qualified to teach that portion of the workshop from a scientific mathematical perspective. But if you can imagine that our higher selves, what some people call the oversoul, what some people refer to as the monad, depending on the uh, spirituality um, paradigm you're connected to or resonate with, our oversoul's monad, higher self, exist in what some people believe is sixth density. And that in sixth density, there is no time. All time is happening contemporaneously. So past, present, and future are all one. And what we have found researching many spiritual and religious texts relative to um, let's say the great awakening that's happening on earth right now that some people refer to as ascension, that we, as we grow and become more self-aware and self-responsible, we begin to have um, what the shamans might refer to, what the Buddhists and Hindus might refer to as levels of initiation, what the Kabbalah, Jewish mysticism would refer to as levels of initiation. And you reach a certain point where you begin to communicate with your own oversoul or monad. And the scientific theory is that that part of us, that pure divine part of us exists in time space. Nice. 
So you facilitate the communication that we have with our oversoul by connecting to our soul and our guides? By how? Yes. My, well, this has been an evolution, although it was revealed to me immediately after my near-death experience, but I didn't understand it. And I sought out just about every popular healing modality, and no one discussed this. And so what, what I was finding um, is that I have an ability to receive messages for people from their guides and from their soul. And I am able to communicate with my guides and my soul. At a higher level, my oversoul can communicate with other people's oversoul. I do not directly communicate with other people's oversoul. But if a client comes to me and the healing progresses such that I begin to see and witness that we are working at the oversoul level, I will witness my oversoul communicate with their oversoul and their oversoul can provide a healing or information to my client. So um, I think that's pretty well understood in the circles that work in this way, that we don't necessarily communicate with other people's oversouls. We only communicate with ours. And, and I will say, um, you know, um, that it, it, it tends to be rather rare. Um, but what I have found is healing at this level, when we heal our hearts enough to open our heart and be in alignment with our heart and our, our own soul, our own, as some people call it, higher self or over soul, we then begin a very accelerated healing path. And that true healing, what I, what I perceive, what I perceive as true lasting healing comes from the communication between the soul and the oversoul or the soul and the higher self, dependent upon the language that you would like to use. And I can say, Charlie, that I've witnessed this time and time and time again by myself um, going to other healers on my journey and receiving, you know, laying on someone's table, paying them money, saying, I'm here to heal, and them saying, oh, I see this or that in you, and, you know, sort of re removing energy or doing something. And either by the time I got to my car or by the time I got home, the energy was back because I wasn't aware of what they were doing. I wasn't in my power. I was giving my power away. I wasn't consciously aware that I... Um, had taken on some energy through unforgiveness or shame or guilt or grief or anger or what have you, and it continued to disempower me. It was not, from my perspective and my experience, it wasn't true healing. And, and on that journey, I was shown by my own soul many past lives where I had been a healer, a shaman, uh, a medicine person, um, a, a guru, a teacher, a master, um, a practitioner of many different kinds of healing modalities, and a what some would call shaman in many indigenous cultures. And how in the past, we healers have taken it upon ourselves 
the responsibility of other people's healing. And I was guided very clearly by my soul in this life that I would not repeat the mistakes of the past and that I would try to teach and empower in such a way that helped other people grow closer and more in alignment with their own soul, their own soul purpose, and their own innate ability to heal themselves through their own connection with their own oversoul slash monad slash higher self, however you want to refer to it. Is, is this making sense to you? Absolutely. And it's absolutely fascinating too. So are you saying then you help the person notice their habitual thought patterns that don't serve their highest goods so then they can change them? Yes, but I don't look at a person and see anything that the soul does not want me to see. So um, my agreement with the universe, my soul, my oversoul is that when I work with a person or an animal, I am only able to see what is the priority of the soul and the guides. So I don't walk down the street looking at everybody, um, you know, pointing out all of their problems, nor do I approach any single client from the perspective of, I know what's wrong with you. This is what I see. Let me tell you how to fix it. Every single client I approach from an absolute space of peace. And I state over and over that I am in service only to the oneness, the one true creator who whom we all are a spark of. And each and every one of us has our own unique journey. And I cannot apply my journey or anything I have learned to any other person today or any day. And so I clear my mind and I clear my field and I say to that person's soul and guides that I agree that I will only know what they are asking me to be aware of and that I will shine the light of truth and that I will be as pure a messenger as possible to that person from their soul and guides. And yes, thoughts and patterns are definitely one of the major things that we as humans have to begin to truly understand and overcome in order to heal our hearts and be in alignment with our own soul. Um, of course, it's much more complicated than that, but is that making sense? Oh, yes. Don't worry. You're making complete sense. Um, something else you work, you work with archetypal personality metaphor. Was that, is that the right term? <laughs> Yes, well, there are um, different schools that teach archetypal metaphor. Um, the most notable would be, say, Carolyn Mace, M-Y-S-S, or Robert Ohato, um, people like that. There are also, um, I think, some Hawaiian or Kahuna teachings relative to archetype, and I think there might even be a school referred to as the Metatronic archetypes. Um, Archetypes uh, were made very, very popular by Joseph Campbell, who I believe his first book was called The Hero Has a Thousand Faces. And he um, studied um, anthropology and comparative religion and traveled around the world and 
um, interfaced with many indigenous cultures and um, had a, just a phenomenal life and, and experience and drew parallels to all of the archetypal experiences of humanity as something he referred to as the hero's journey. And he's written a couple of books about the hero's journey. And um, as well, Carl Jung is one of the most famous um, scientists, psychotherapists, psychoanalysts, dream analysts um, that we're aware of today. And there's a, a, a Jungian school, um, uh, an alternative psychotherapy modality that is based in dream interpretation and archetypal mythological healing. It's quite fascinating. My perception about this topic and, and the work that I have done for myself and others clearly spelled out for us that each of these archetypal schools is something that we can graduate from. And I know many, many people that have dreams that <laughs> make them feel as if they're going back to school. You know, I'm in my 30s. Why do I keep going back to high school in my dreams? And there are many um, spiritual and esoteric texts that have a lot of pictorial symbolism. And one of the sim symbolic metaphors that I would see from time to time when I randomly picked up a book in a library or a waiting room at a salt float or what have you would be the symbol of the white cube. And I began having dreams several years ago about white cubes with the glowing gold light inside. And conversely, I would have dreams about being in a dark room, a dark, empty room and not being able to get out. Well, it came to my attention that those are both sides of the same coin and that those are the archetypal classrooms that we are in. Now, remember, this is all metaphor and, and it depends how a person relates to the universe and reality and what spiritual perspective they embrace as to whether or not this might apply. Um, I have not yet met anyone that hasn't resonated with archetypal classrooms and archetypal experiences. And so um, I'm able to help people if the soul suggests. Uh, the soul might say, um, you know, we are in the uh, perpetual child archetype or we are in the uh, prostitute archetype. You know, we just have no boundaries. We're giving, 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 right? Or, or we are in the the mystic or magician archetype, or we are in the rescuer archetype. One of the most um, difficult ones to handle is being in the empath archetype. Mm. Um, it's like a kitchen sink <laughs> sort of um, definition of what is a very complicated series of eight psychic senses. And we talked about that on our last show. There are many, many archetypes. Carolyn Mace, I think, wrote a book on archetypes and identified 75 archetypes. Oh. And there, there are also other archetypes called Enneagrams. Um, the mm -hmm. I Ching in Taoism is also archetypal. The Tarot is archetypal. Um, and I believe there's a gentleman who who is a therapist of some sort who teaches a program where he has identified 300 archetypes. <laughs> so, wow. But I don't just walk around telling people you're in this archetype or you're in that archetype or your behavior says to me, uh, you know, X, Y, or Z. 
I listen to the soul and the soul will tell me um, the other day it was um, a person was in the uh, saboteur archetype. Um, uh, one I had never seen before. It was literally on the door. It said the psychology of fear 101. <laughs> and there was another one um, that they were in and I forget, but it it's, only guided by the soul. My work is guided by the soul. And then I offer the people and the, the opportunity to say whether or not they resonate with that. And the way I work then is I ask them to put their hand on their heart. We, we obviously, we go through grounding exercises, breathing into the heart space, whether you use typical metaphysical grounding exercises or even heart math breathing exercises or pranayama yogic breath work. It doesn't matter. However, you um, come into that space of, of self-awareness and grounding in the body, I don't promote journeying outside the body because I truly believe that the evolution takes place when we are in our body, anchored firmly in our body, healing our chakras to the root and allowing our soul to fully come into the body and embody. So I encourage people to be very present physically and grounded, not to journey or travel during the healing. And then I have them put their hand on their heart and ask if they are in, if they believe they are in the archetype, is it true for them? <laughs> a lot of times they'll laugh and giggle and say, yes, I'm screaming, yes. And then I'll have them ask, you know, do you, does your soul feel you have learned enough from this archetype? And rarely will it be a no. And if there is a no, then we we search down the resistance as to um, where is the resistance or what is the unhealed wound or the belief that is preventing uh, us from getting out of the archetype. And then we visualize going into the archetypal classroom, gathering up all our consciousness and life force and energy pulling it out permanently and integrating all of those experiences and all of those energies as wisdom for our soul. And because my perception and those around me and those that I work with truly believe that all soul experience, we're here to learn and we're here to grow and we're here to embody wisdom, not just search for some um, ubiquitous, um, all knowing, you know, wisdom outside of us. It's the it's the wisdom inside of us from my perspective that we are searching. And so that's one of the ways that I help people get in touch with that. One of the things I've heard you say that makes so much sense, it's so simple, yet so deep. Forgiveness is the key. Love is the answer. Um, yes. In, in my work, uh, I do tend to work a lot with forgiveness. Um, energetic connections and wounds. When we talk about vibration and frequency and creating our own experience or um, uh, some people will say, if you spot it, you got it. Right, <laughs> you know? right, um, right. And so the from my perspective there's a tremendous wisdom and truth in that in in that when we are wounded it is most likely related to unforgiveness often unforgiveness of the self blaming and shaming the self um not being consciously aware of the level of wounding that happens but my goodness, in our reality, in our school and education and medical system and government and just everything, 
it's we are led away from this type of esoteric knowledge and self-awareness and self-responsibility. Um, if we have a pain, rather than putting our hand on our hip and asking what the pain is trying to teach us, if we have a pain, rather than putting our hand on our hip or um, asking what the pain is trying to teach us or what it represents, we take an aspirin or we go to the doctor and get some sort of narcotic prescription or we go to the therapist and get put on antidepressants. When many times the answers lie within us, they lie in our life experience and those whom we perceive have harmed us or we perceive that we have harmed others. And, and so there's tremendous power in, uh, for example, the Hawaiian Ho'oponopono prayer there is tremendous power in forgiveness. Now, some very esoteric, highly advanced people will say everything is love, forgiveness isn't necessary. And my response to that is forgiveness is a tool. It acts as a bridge that we can use to great positive effect until we reach the space of unconditional positive regard, of unconditional love, and where we do not judge ourselves or any other any longer. And until we reach that point, forgiveness is the most powerful tool I have ever witnessed. And I mean outside of any healing modality, any external energy. It is our own internal alignment with our heart our hearts that are mostly in the U.S. and across the world shut down due to stress, PTSD, family strife, abuse in many varieties. And, and from my perspective, it is one of the most effective tools. And that statement, forgiveness is the key, love is the answer, I heard several times a day from the time I had my last near-death experience until today. I still hear it several times a day. So thank you for bringing that up. Wow, thank you for bringing the awareness to it. And we're actually about out of time, but I wanted to bring in really quickly um, from our oversoul to the animal species consciousness, because when you worked on my German Shepherd, Sasha, back when she was alive. You connected to the dog consciousness and you had them, they told you actually, you connected to that and they told you that they would run with her when she was asleep so that she could feel like she was actually running again and wasn't um, hindered by um, her, her injuries. And it made all the difference in her demeanor. And she was a happy dog again before she died. So thank, thank you so much, Charlie, for bringing that up. I, I really want to say, and I really hope people hear me, you know, people refer to me all the time as some sort of magical healer that the work I do is, um, it, it, they, they attribute the work to me. <laughs> and I'm a messenger. I'm someone who truly believes that the animals are sovereign and they have their own soul. Let, I don't like the negative connotation of the word, but for lack of better word, I will say hierarchy, 
a lineage, lineage may be a better word, and their solutions lie within their soul family, and I believe that, and I honor the animals, and I look at the energy, and I listen to the guides, and I give the messages to the animals, and help the animals remember who they are, because in domestication, animals have largely forgotten the idea that all animals are healers and that all animals are as connected to their soul family as wild animals hasn't borne out to be true in my experience. And if it were true, all of the work that I've done, the powerful work that I've facilitated and witnessed would not have been able to be achieved. Were this not the case, that the animals have guides and the animals have an oversoul and, and beings that work with them in this life, and they are here to grow and evolve and have their own individual experiences just like us, just like us. And all of our uh, experiences are interconnected and help each other. Absolutely. Absolutely. Ginny, thank you. You've been amazing. Find out more about Ginny Jablonski at heartofthehorse.us. That's heartofthehorse.us. And thank you for hanging out with me on Mind Body Pause, holistic living for you and your animals. I'm Charlie Kale. If you need some de-stressing, want to boost your immune system in the process, email or call me about distant healing Reiki on Zoom, FaceTime, or over the phone for you or your animals anywhere in the world. It feels amazing to lighten your load. Go to charliekale.com, C-H-A-R-L-Y-K-A-Y-L-E.com, and you can find past shows there as well. Thanks to my sponsor, Communication with All Life University with Joan Ranquette, online and also in-person accredited university program devoted to helping you develop yourself to help animals. Go to joanranquette.com and check her out on Facebook for lots of free classes. Thank you, Brent Carey, founder and CEO of Empower Radio, and thank you, Tony Ficini in the studio in Detroit. Take care and remember that no matter what's going on with your animals, don't beat yourself up thinking you could have done better because you are doing the best you can. They know it, and they chose you anyway, and they love you for it. Mind, body, pause is a guilt-free zone. See you next time. 